Capital Market Insights from ICMA. My name is Mushtaq Kapasi. I'm Chief Representative for Asia Pacific for the International Capital Market Association. We're glad you're here today. I'm very happy to welcome as my guest, Mr. Ashwin Jolly, who is a senior dealer at ICICI Bank UK PLC based in London. Hello, Ashwin. Hello, Mushtaq. Thank you so much for joining us. And today we're very honored to have your presence, but also your expertise. Ashwin will be telling us about the Indian fixed income market and currency management. So he'll be sharing some of the major themes of the fixed income market in India, um, some of the structural aspects of it, and um, some more details that you will hear about in due course. So let's get right into it, Ashwin, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Sure. So many investors are familiar with the Indian equity market. I think it's fairly well known even by international investors and certainly probably more participants on the onshore market as well. But the fixed income market in India is probably less well known and in some ways perhaps more opaque. Could you tell us a little bit about the Indian fixed income market? Sure. The Indian fixed income market consists of government bonds, state government bonds, quasi-government bonds, local corporate credit, USD credit, and hybrid instruments like perpetuals. Of the 1.2 trillion of government bond issuance, around 17 billion is owned by international investors. This constitutes a mere 1.7% of all outstanding issuance, and is usually not a lot higher than around 2 to 2.5%. The Indian USD credit market has around 60 billion of outstanding issuance, which is traded offshore and remains the predominant means for currency hedged international investors to access Indian fixed income. Those that issue USD credit include the five oil refiners, state backed banks, and large private conglomerates. These issuers have colossal amounts of issuance, which warrants a diversified investor base and where the local market alone could not absorb all the issuance. IT firms have issued in light of overseas acquisitions or other overseas expenses. However, for the top rated Indian issuers, Apart from the motive to diversify investor base, it doesn't make economic sense to issue in USD since Indian rupee rates are still 100 to 150 basis points lower than the fully hedged USD cost. For the international investor, the cost of hedging detracts from the yield and therefore USD makes more economic sense. Given the meteoric performance of Indian equities this century, the local investor gravitates to equities as the pull to par on a bond will always cap returns. High yield primary issuance has been driven by renewables. That at times attracted a yield premium of half a percent. Okay, thank you, Ashwin. 
So thank you very much for that very comprehensive um, introduction. Seems that the market is still limited in some ways, driven largely by economic factors, um, but there are also some opportunities from selected issuers that are looking to diversify their international um, investor base. Also for foreign investors, the cost of hedging can still be um, potentially a barrier. Um, so the USD issuance um, is potentially more attractive in, in that respect. Okay, well, thank you very much for that. So what have been the prevalent themes uh, so far in 2022? Tell us about the most recent developments in the market. Sure. The emerging market USD aggregate indices is down around 14% year to date um, on account of macro and regional Asian debt headwinds. Average Indian USD credit spreads till the middle of May had A minus in the T plus 120s, triple Bs in the T plus 190s, and double Bs in the T plus 420s. Around 27% of new issues in Asian credit have been classified as ESG, which amounts to around $20 billion. With India third in the list of country corporates issuing behind those from China and Korea. In the oil and gas sector, refining margins remained buoyant in the first quarter of this year, averaging $8 a barrel versus a historic average of $4.5 a barrel. Within the renewable sector, the market cheered the verdict in a southeastern Indian state that state discoms had to honor past tariff agreements and could lead to a period of aggressive bidding in renewable tenders. IT firms have also made acquisitions. A large oil and gas corporate has signed a strategic agreement to collaborate on upstream and decarbonization of operations in the United Arab Emirates. Private credit investors have also functioned as alternates to traditional investors, such as a major Indian airport's $750 million private placement. A couple of first-time issuers remain in the pipeline for new issues. All right, thank you. Um, some very interesting facts in here. Um, a couple that came to my attention. Well, of course, that um, performance of, of Indian bonds is largely in line with the uh, negative performance that we've seen across the region in Asia. I think your statistic about the proportion of Indian issuance that is ESG or sustainable related um, is, is quite notable. And um, this is really uh, something that international investors might pay attention to, seeing that a lot of the um, Indian issuance, um, especially internationally, is green, social, sustainable, and that renewables is an emerging theme um, in India. And I think the third point um, that I think is important that you raised is that um, funding for um, onshore pro projects or for onshore issuers um, can also come from private sources. It can also come from project finance and so forth, private credit investors. So in some ways, this might even crowd out bond market investment in some ways. Okay. Okay, let me move on to the next question, Ashwin. 
Now, the lack of a benchmark inclusion roadmap for local fixed income, starting with sovereign bonds, has come as a surprise. What is the expectation for the future on this? Right. The Indian sovereign bond market outstanding issuance stands at close to $1.2 trillion in dollars in local currency. International ownership, however, stands at just $17 billion. International investor year-to-date net outflows in Indian debt are approaching $1.8 billion. Speculation on India joining global EMD indices hit a crescendo in the autumn of 2021. Forecasts in circulation suggested 20 billion of inflows from passive funds alone, with up to a further 80 billion from active emerging market debt funds within a 12 to 18 month period. Hurdles along the way included resolution of a lingering withholding tax treatment point central clearing via Euroclear, and the government's willingness to ease ownership limits on most, if not all, issues. The February 1st Indian national budget was, however, silent on the topic. The government communique continues to suggest that it remains on the table and will happen in time. Market sources have suggested how the tax negotiations were actually far from closure, as exempting withholding tax for international investors whilst maintaining it for domestic investors would go against a national ethos of equitable treatment of local and international investors. Therefore, as a top three bond market, it does remain an anomaly how peer Asian countries have 20% or higher international ownership of their government bonds. And India's tiny 1.7% figure is predominantly owned in Asia. Beyond the benchmark inclusion roadmap, there is a degree of anticipation on a sovereign green bond issuance framework with the transition to and targets for renewable energy in India. I see. So unfortunately, some tricky technical and policy points um, that have potentially delayed the the benchmark inclusion um, and thereby potentially uh, delayed further investment, uh, international investment in Indian sovereigns. But that does, I hope, remain a long-term opportunity. And certainly there is very much room for growth in terms of international participation in India's uh, US dollar credit market for certain. Well, thank you very much, Ashwin. We really appreciate your uh, insights, your great analysis. And uh, frankly, I may have to listen to this podcast more than once just to absorb all the facts that you've packed into a very short few minutes. So thank you again very much for your time. Thank you. Anytime. And to all those listeners out there, thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this ICMA podcast. We very much welcome your feedback on our podcasts and suggestions for future topics and guests. We wish you a very good day and an excellent week ahead. Stay safe. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. For more ICMA podcasts and further information on capital markets, please visit our website, icmagroup.org.